Hey friends, how you doing? Welcome to another week of the podcast. This week we have a lovely guest. It was so much fun chatting with her, Sage. She's from California. She talked about her travels to a very special part of the world and also had some amazing tangents, a lot about animals. So if you love animals, you're going to love it and enjoy. Hi Sage, how are you going? Hey. <laughs> Sage is our guest for the week. Happy to have her. So Sage, where did you go? Where are you going to talk about today and when did you go? I went to Vietnam and Cambodia and this was in December and a little bit of January of 2019 to 2020. But just before, yeah, just before COVID. Just before COVID. <gasps> yeah. So lucky. <laughs> the golden days. Honestly. <laughs> what inspired you to go to that part of the world? Uh, I really love Asia. Even before I'd ever gone there, I just knew that I would really, really like it. And I really like history as well. So just everything with like the Vietnam War and Cambodia was pretty, pretty fascinating to me. Yeah. And I'm an absolute sucker for rice fields. Just love them. So aesthetic. <laughs> yeah. So peaceful. Yeah, yeah. Serene. If you could explain to me in no more than five minutes. So it doesn't have to be five minutes, just in brief. Okay. What did you get up to on your trip? I bought a motorcycle, a really shitty motorcycle, like a Honda Win. And I love it. Yeah, those are like anyone who's been knows exactly the, the yep. bike that I'm talking about. Yeah, I do. And I the first thing I did was I took it to a mechanic and told him to paint it like a cherry red. So I was like, I want it to look so cool, even though it did not go very fast and it was kind of tragic going up. But red red grows faster. Yeah. You're saying? It was it was a really hot looking bike, but like internally it was really sad. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever was going on in there. It was really compensating. Yeah, it actually had a um a circle dent on the metal body part, which I should know the name for it, but I don't. Um, because someone had dropped wine while they were driving on it. So it had oh, this big no. dent, which was great. I felt like it gave the bike it's character. character. Yeah, yep. exactly. Um, and yeah, I rode the bike all the way to, from Hanoi to Ho Chi Minh. And then I figured, well, I haven't died. So I might as well <laughs> just ride into <laughs> well, Siem Reap. Yeah, I'm like, well, I'm here. And so then I rode the bike from Ho Chi Minh to Siem Reap and then sold the bike to someone else and I still wonder what the bike is up to these days what type of life it's like like leading yeah um, like when you um when you rent a bike you're like oh, who else had adventures on here especially with the dents I'm like yeah what happened to this I don't think the bike went to the most qualified person no. because the guy oh, that no. I sold it to is another backpacker yeah and he had his friend had shown me like we'd gone out on pub street with them after i sold the bike and his friend showed me a video of him crashing a scooter oh no and i was why, like, like oh. why would you why would you show that to me now it's on my guilty conscience yeah i was like if you have a difficult time riding a scooter riding like a manual bike oh my god is not probably not going to go over super well but no. you know best of luck <laughs> yeah Oh my gosh. Yeah, I, when I went to Vietnam, I went on a motorcycle tour, mm -hmm. but I was, I don't know, 
I had like low-key food poisoning, so I was like, I don't trust girl. myself <laughs> to ride the bike. So I got like an easy rider and rode on the back of someone else's bike for five days. I love it. Was it a motorcycle or was yeah. it a scooter? Yeah. Motorcycle. Yeah. Yeah. So at well, least it had a bit fun. of room. Yeah. But man, there was experience like that was tight. Just sitting like literally clinging like around all those yeah. things. And in northern Vietnam, I was like, wow but yeah it was I mean, incredible I'm glad it, at least I did it because otherwise I probably wouldn't have yeah been able to go anyway sometimes being on the back of someone's bike like I hate to admit it is a bit more fun because you're still getting the thrill of being on a bike yeah. without the responsibility of it like yeah I, you don't constantly feel like you're going to crash yeah as long as you've got a good person on the front of the bike that knows what they're doing yeah that's the yeah that's the main that's thing so it could matters. go either way yeah yeah but at least like you're not you get to look at the scenery too like when you're on a bike you really you have to look where you want to go so you don't really have a lot of time to pay attention to what's around you um I actually when I was in Namibia in 2018 they were like oh let's do a quad bike tour through the desert (laughs) and I was like easy enough like they look like like little cars and it was not easy and driving a quad bike through sand dunes that were like massive sand dunes was not fun and all over the bike there were signs that were like could result in decapitation or death so I was just on the bike like oh my god am I gonna be okay like am I even having fun (laughs) yeah and so the the guy was like oh just make sure that you just follow me and everything will be okay and we take off and I automatically rev my bike up way too fast and I go all the way down the dune screaming (laughs) and I started to cry because I was I was embarrassed it's like this embarrassing tears and the guy came over and I just pulled my helmet off and all these like mascaras like running down my face and he was like he just called the walkie-talkie he was like can you guys come and get this bike from the desert and I had to go (laughs) on his bike the rest of the tour no but like there's no but then way you enjoyed it. I it's really fun. enjoyed it. Like yeah. after that, I was like, this is awesome, even though and I'm he enjoyed it too. Um but <laughs> yeah, it was really embarrassing. But it happens. Sometimes you have to be the, you know, the passenger. Yeah. And that's exactly. okay. <laughs> yeah. It just it's having the um the maturity to be like, okay, I actually don't trust myself with this. Yeah, this I'm gonna okay. I'm gonna take the embarrassment and just choose the safer path. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes the safer path is the, the funner path, which exactly. is what I tell myself. Yeah. I feel like if, <laughs> if you're enjoying it, then it's going to be more fun. Yeah. If you're not enjoying it, then you no. just have this fear of death. Yeah, anxiety <laughs> tends to sap the fun out of things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. On your trip, how was the food? Um, hot take. I'm actually not the biggest fan of Vietnamese food, especially in Vietnam, because it's actually quite dull. It's not a very developed palate. Like when you stop in local places, it's literally just like broth with like rice noodles. (laughs) And I'm from California, really like spicy food with like a lot of flavor. Yeah. So for me, it was great because it was like nice and light and I felt like healthy, but I really miss Mm. just having gone from like being in Thailand before like having really rich spices in my food yeah um, that would have been a shock because Thai is like spice yeah fresh, all the herbs. yeah yeah so I'm trying to think if there was anything that I had that was really good no it was good because it was healthy but it was just a little bland for my liking <laughs> <laughs> fair fair yeah I yeah. think yeah 
thinking about that, my favorite thing is the breadsticks that they dip in the soup. The breadsticks? They had this one shop that had like deep fried breadsticks and then you dip them in the pho. Like a Vietnamese olive garden. Yeah, <laughs> it was so good. Like me and my oh. friend, like, I think we were coming back from a night out and we, like, nothing else was open. It was mm-hmm. like 3 a.m. and then this lady was cooking for on the side of the road. We're like, all right, well, I think that'll do. And then she brought out these breadsticks as well. And I was like, no. They no. in the broth? You di- so they're like, they literally bread dough. Okay. And they deep fry it. And they're this long. And they're like so flaky and they soak up all the soup. Well, anything that's deep fried and described as flaky is usually <sighs> delicious. So good. Yeah, but I again, any of that. not flavorful, relatively bland. Yeah. But also deep fried. So it's right to play out. Which I think, though, when you're traveling, or you're especially if you're on a motorcycle for like whatever five or six weeks, you probably don't want to be eating like a huge meal where nah. you are tired and sluggish. You really need to be like sharp. onto it. Yeah, yeah. So that's okay. I guess it works fuel, for my trip. Fuel. Yeah. Fuel rather than <laughs> food for the soul. Exactly. <laughs> what was your best slash worst accommodation? Um, I have two. So one, I took the Ho Chi, parts of the Ho Chi Minh Trail, and it's just not a place where tourists go. Like, you don't have a reason to be on, like, the roads um, that go through Vietnam, like, down towards Cambodia or Ho Chi Chi Minh City, Mm. unless you're on a bike or maybe, like, on a truck or whatever. So it's very, very country. There is nothing around. And... I'm either really good at planning stuff or I'm super go with the flow, like show up somewhere and be like, oh, like I'll just find somewhere to stay. And like sometimes that's great and sometimes it doesn't work. Yeah. And I um, couldn't find anywhere to stay. And I was in the middle of nowhere and I had to knock on somebody's door and basically like like put in my phone. Like luckily I had service somehow, like translate <laughs> that I needed a place to sleep and that I would pay them. <coughs> Oh and gosh. I slept on, like, a mat on a floor in, like, some, like, kind of barn thing, which, like, worked. But I had no food. I was, like, starving that night. <laughs> um, but, yeah, no, so that that was great. And then another night I went when I crossed the border from Vietnam into Cambodia. This was actually more frustrating than anything there was a really bad language barrier there because it was also a country town it wasn't the general vietnamese cambodian border crossing it was one of the more obscure ones right and i ended up in this little cambodian town that was all casinos it was a really weird vibe yeah it's such a weird yeah, it was weird. I know exactly what you're talking about. And I don't know if it's the one that most people go to because apparently I've heard it's at most of the ones in Cambodia when mm. you cross over because I didn't see – there were no tourists, like no tourists. I was the only yeah. tourist. And I was like, oh, this is perfect. And <laughs> I had no Cambodian money. There was no, like, money exchange at the border crossing. I had – And you're like, what? This is such a good money-making – yeah, really, like they could have ATM literally yeah, take my money. I, that's what I thought. And then I went to into the casinos and they did not want me there. They I kept asking if like they had accommodation. I thought like in my like, you know, first world head, I was like, oh, 
I'm gonna get like a really nice room for like a really cheap price and you'll like gamble <laughs> for nothing <laughs> like, <laughs> like eat a ton of food and I walked in and they did like the the thing they do in Japan when they don't want something or they do the the cross with their fingers it's like a polite get out middle finger yeah it's like <laughs> yeah. a no hard up no uh and everywhere I went they just kept doing that to me and I was like surely you have capacity but they just didn't want me there and I finally went after and it was getting dark and I was concerned because I was like it's getting dark I have nowhere to stay I have no money I haven't eaten all day what am I gonna do this is a lot this is a lot to deal with right now (laughs) there's stray dogs everywhere like that won't let me pet them I'm stressed (laughs) like my only stress relief would be petting this dog but they still don't want me anyway exactly it's been taken from me um I finally found somewhere and the owner was able to call somebody who spoke English, who was able to translate that I needed a place to stay. And I found a place to stay, luckily, as it was getting dark, but it was stressful. I was like, and Such no one understood anything that I was saying. Like, it was a really bad language barrier. Like, sometimes you can at least find that some people understand a little bit of what you're saying. And you, but- you can try and charades a little bit. Yeah, no, they looked at me like I was an alien. <laughs> yeah. That, like, the border crossing between um, Cambodia and Vietnam, like, I think one of the reasons why there's probably no tourists there is because me and a group of friends went to cross the border. We, like, got our visas online and, like, memes. Like, we were so organised. Five girls on tour. Get on the bus to go from Cambodia to Vietnam. Like, cool, we're on the bus. We've got our visas. Got our passports. Everything's fine. <laughs> and we get on there on for about an hour so like just nearing like the edge of the city and the like the the lady at like the bus driver assistant comes in and she's like oh you you can't use these visas and I'm like what do you mean we've got them online like we're so sorted and she's like oh actually you have you can only use these visas by flight you can't use them sketchy land entering and I was like mm. what yeah so they lit, we were like, are you sure? And she said, yep, there's no way, like, unless you want to get them at the border, but it's quite unlikely. So we're like, okay, cool. So we literally just got out, like, on the side of the motorway. And they, like, stopped the bus oh, and, like, no. got all our bags out. We are just standing there, like, sorry, guys. <laughs> and then just drove to the airport. Oh, got a flight to the boat. Yeah, it was... And do you know if that's actually true? Because I had, before I went to the border, I was actually concerned because I had heard a lot of sifty things about yes. the Cambodian border that Wait. they will tell you that mm. your visa is not valid so that you pay for one again and then they pocket the money. I heard a lot of stories about that. And I was really concerned when I went there that they wouldn't let me take my bike because it had a Vietnam license attached to it. True. Yeah. I'd heard sifty things, but not... Like other safety things, not specific, but that. But yeah, it's, I've never thought about it until this point. Yeah, it's their way it's of like making more money is telling people that the visas that they have are either faulty or not valid for whatever they're trying to do. <laughs> I mean, good on them. It's I mean, yeah, like, <laughs> you're like, okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. Desperate, but yeah, that's unfortunate. Yeah, I was like, oh, I want to go to that place with the casinos. I, I just now. heard so many things. <laughs> Yeah, long story short, like, the visa, when we went to fly, one of our friend's visas, like, the date was wrong for her birthday. Oh. So, they, like, booked the flight, and then they, like, wouldn't 
give her the visa. So we just stayed. We were like just drove back to a hostel after getting on the bus, going to the airport, waiting for our flight, not getting on the flight, going back to a bat pickers. It was such a shit show. And, but it's yeah, fucking no. funny. We're like, what are we doing? Yeah, it's just part of it, eh? It's just part of it. Yeah. We're I like, we're healthy. We've got we've got food. You haven't been robbed. Yeah. <laughs> At that point, we hadn't yeah. been robbed. So I was like, yeah. on the up. I met oh a gosh. guy in, when I was in India who, uh, have you been to India? No, I haven't. Um, so when you go into shops, they will, a lot of places will offer you like some chai tea, which Ooh. for us as women, we'd be like, hell no, I'm not accepting a drink from some <laughs> random man. Are you crazy? But like, True. dudes yeah. are At like, first I'm like, oh my gosh, it sounds so nice. And then yeah. you say it. But like a white dude in India is like, yeah, I'll have this random drink that you gave me. And <laughs> he basically told me that they, he woke up in an alleyway, like, in his boxers <gasps> and they had like completely robbed him oh my god and um taken his passport like taken all of his shit and he had to stay in india for like a decent amount of time because it took the embassy like a while to get him a new passport and they're oh like fuck. that's why you don't accept drinks from strangers even if it's chai tea yeah <laughs> i'd be so intrigued by chai tea yeah just such, it seems like such a Kind drink, not one it's that's gonna rob you. Warming for the soul. <laughs> Gosh, the poor man. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> like once you like you use the passport, you're like, right, I'm stuck. But I'll get another passport. I'll call we're using my phone. But if you lose your phone, phone, yeah, you've got no money. Can't buy another phone. Well, I think the worst part had to be walking back <sighs> to whatever her, his accommodation was and being like, <laughs> practically like nude, like. Well, imagine walking out oh and being like, I've been robbed. And, and people like, you're on drugs. Like, so? <laughs> like, they're like in their tux. It's like, okay, carry on. Yeah. <laughs> oh, gosh. Who was the nicest person you met on your trip? I got a flat tire in the middle of nowhere. And I think the woman, like when you get a flat tire – on a motorcycle can actually be really dangerous if you're going yeah. really fast. Shit, yeah. Um, luckily, I wasn't going too fast, but it makes the like wheel go, go like uncontrollably, <laughs> and I was like, Whoa, you know, like freaking out in front of this woman's house, and then I was able to stop my bike without like having it fall over, and I realized I had a flat, and I was like, what do I do? Like, I don't have a spare tire with me, and <laughs> just just got it like attached to the backpack. Yeah. Know? And she came out of her house and she obviously knew what was going on. And she helped me push my bike. Like she was old, really old. Oh. Helped me push my bike like all the way to like a mechanic, which was like a 15 minute push. And it was like the nicest thing ever. And then when I drove oh. past her again, she like waved at me and I was like, oh, bless you. Bless you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, super, so, super nice. So sweet. Yeah. Cause like she didn't have to help me. Like no. <laughs> she was like, She's gonna find her. Yeah, like tourists on their bike. Yeah, <laughs> with a flat tire. Oh, yeah. poor girl. Yeah, pretty much. She'll find her way eventually. Yeah, I love the the Asian word for road rash. Have you heard it? No. <laughs> uh, the tourist tattoo, which is like so accurate because yeah. you only ever see tourists getting hurt on bikes. It's like never really the locals no. that you see with like injuries and you'll be like in Thailand, you'll see backpackers with like, oh like, my gosh, like their hands like wrapped up. Ugh. Yeah. It's so bad, Yuck. but you never see locals no. like that. 
something going on. Just, uh, they just know what they're doing. I guess. They so just. Like their babies, like their newborn babies on the back of their scooters. I love like a um, baby, toddler, child, parents, dog sitting yeah, on the back. Dog, yeah. That is, I'm just, that is the whole family. Oh, it's so good. I love it. Or a scooter full of dogs. I <gasps> saw that in Bali. A guy had like six dogs on his oh scooter and it was amazing. I saw one guy in Vietnam who had a scooter and then like just a cage on the back with chickens. Like a huge, huge, like yeah. as big as the scooter just sitting on the back. And then there was another guy when I was in Myanmar and I was taking a bus from one city to another. It was like eight hours, but the middle was literally just like countryside. Yeah. And he had a plank of wood strapped to the back of his scooter and then these goats just strapped like with their feet facing and their heads out and they're all just like stacked together yeah. and they're all like alive like heads looking around glance out of the corner and like am i seeing things yeah. or are there eight goats on the back of that scooter <laughs> i it's think like, it's like a cow on the back of someone's scooter on time like not a big cow but, but a, cow, a cow, nonetheless, it was, like, it was like strapped onto the back of the scooter. I felt kind of bad for it, to be honest. Like I do feel bad for those animals, but yeah. it was really like he was probably going to a better place. Probably. That's the nice thing about India is <gasps> they, yes. unless you're in Mumbai, Mumbai is the only. I think it's one of the only places you can actually like go to a restaurant and order beef. Wow. Otherwise, like you know. But I saw a. <laughs> we were in um a bus and there was there's just cows laying everywhere especially my dream yeah they're just cows. laying on in the highway and people just go around them and then people oh. will stop and put like the the flower necklaces on yeah. them and it's just it's so cute oh. and this cow was just in the way and i think the bus driver really had enough because he couldn't get around and um he just kind of like inched the bus like really close to the cow where it kind of touched the cow a little bit yeah and this guy was on a scooter, like in, like kind of in front of the cow, saw it happen. <laughs> and he stopped his bike and got into the bus and got into like almost like a physical altercation with the bus driver over him, like getting close to the cow. <laughs> oh my gosh. It was really funny. So good. Yeah, just cows. Uh, yeah, but my friend, she went to um, northern india to do a yoga teacher training mm -hmm. course and she just kept sending me pictures of all these beautiful cows and i was like yeah that's my house that is my home you guys have a oh, lot of cows here though yeah but they're not those like they're not friendly yeah they're not i don't know they're just different they're like working cows yeah you know they've got a job to do well baby animals never love you the way you want them to love you like even yeah. all the lambs like up in the port hills i'm like don't run from me yeah <laughs> like, you know they run back to mommy like yeah they're just not into it you've got to raise them from like if you raise them from like baby baby yeah then they're so affectionate and yeah. so friendly because you're the but, food source yeah exactly <laughs> i mean i feel like i'm the same spirit, yeah, same. spirit animals <laughs> <laughs> of your trip do you have any lows or maybe something that you found interesting um the weather was really shit <laughs> like, <laughs> when did you go like, it was during the time where the weather is actually good so i think that i started in the beginning of december and i ended the second week of january and usually the weather in vietnam is great but they're because it's like they're win winter winter which is a good time to yeah. go and it just happened to be really bad like 
for three weeks. It rained nonstop. Oh, no. And I couldn't not continue my travel because my visa was also expiring. So I had like oh, a month yeah. to do the trip. And I remember <laughs> like I actually stopped off in Hoi An for like a week to try and get away from the rain. But it got to a point where I was like, I can't stay here and wait out this rain because it doesn't seem like it wants to go anywhere. And my shoes, oh my God, like <laughs> I was miserable for a good portion just riding through the rain, like covered in one of those ponchos. The my plastic. soaked. Oh. Like there was nothing I could do about my shoes. So I'd no. pull up to an accommodation and I would be cold and wet. And then the next day my shoes would still be wet. And they I was afraid I was going to get like stink. gangrene or like foot rot. From the, like, <laughs> um. So I think that I would have been nice had the weather been just slightly, slightly better. Yeah. Um, but besides that, like, yeah, it is what it is. It know? is what it is. <laughs> you can't, you literally can't change the weather. No, no. But. The weather was nice in Cambodia, though. Like once I. It's good. Actually, it was more the north of Vietnam that was really yeah. rainy. And then once I got. It was, it's rainy and cold. Like, cold. It was like, rainy and cold. Actual, I wasn't was, expecting that. We, we, like we flew into Ho Chi Minh and then went up. Like went yeah. Hoi An and then up there. So in Ho Chi Minh, it was like still 30 degrees. Yeah. And then by the time we got up, we were like, oh, put on a jumper. Is that a chill? Oh yeah. my gosh. <laughs> but. All the Huns out there wearing like beanies and puffer jackets. Yeah, yeah. But but actually, it would be so freezing. Too. It would be really cold. I had to buy like one of those knockoff North Face jackets when I got up there because I had no jacket. <laughs> I was like, well, it's Southeast Asia. I made that yeah. mistake a few times actually when I. This is so bad, and I hate to admit it. When I went to Africa, I was like, Africa doesn't get cold. <gasps> yeah. Damn, it gets cold, does, especially in the desert. And we were in. We it's were, so. Much- like deceiving though it's deceiving it's, it's hot so, during the day so fucking hot. really hot during the day and then at night it is really really cold like i had a jumper it was the only thing i brought and we were camping the whole time here in africa yeah and i had just a standard sleeping bag like four seasons casual and it was like zero degrees one night and i actually was like saying my farewells in my tent because it's like i'm gonna die in here it's so cold <laughs> like i am going to freeze it through the they night they will fossilize my body yeah this is where i lie yeah so that was uh not a proud moment but apparently when we, we went to a winery in south africa and someone was like oh let us know if you get blankets and i was like dot 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 because yes it does get cold in africa so i was like okay someone else is an idiot the same way yeah. i am <laughs> like <laughs> absolutely because i think when we went, it was going into spring. So mm-hmm. when we first got there, it was like 20. And then by the time we left, it was like high 30s. Where did you go in Africa? We went to South Africa and were based there for a couple of weeks. Yeah. Working at a line, like yeah. a line lodge farm. Nice. I wanted to do that in Namibia where you like hang out with cheetos. Yeah. <laughs> There's so many, like the company we went with, they had heaps and quite a lot of people like we just did the two-week one with that company and then mm-hmm. went on a three-week safari through um, Namibia, Botswana and Zambia yeah camping so yes. fun yeah did but, you guys camp in Atosha in Namibia Atosha is kind of like it has a salt flats there it's the big park in yes 
and there's a water. Oh, I think it's just the eight campsite. We call it Atosha, and it's awful. Okay, Atosha. Yeah, it's Same amazing. Thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't know if you guys camped at the one that has the watering holes. Yeah. Like, yes, and then the amazing. rhinos come <gasps> and the giraffes, and you can hear the lions. The lions waking you up. It's amazing. At like four o'clock in the morning, you would swear terrifying that they were right next to your tent. And our guide actually told us, I think, that you can hear a lion from six kilometers away, which is insane. Did you hear Amazing. the servals? The noises the servals no. were making? I'm not gonna imitate it because it's so weird. And <laughs> I think that I would I would butcher it. But they there was like this weird, we kept hearing these weird noises when we were in Atosha, and they were like, oh, it's servals. And we actually saw a savannah cat, and apparently they're really rare to see because they're Amazing. so small, they just yeah. kind of hide in the bush. Yeah. Um, love Africa. I love it. <laughs> well, we went there and we're like, okay, we really want to see um, a squirrel because we're from New Zealand, so like we don't have squirrels. I know it's trash. And it's so I don't know they're so cute. And so everyone was like, when we saw one, they're like, oh my god, it's so cute. And there were people like Canadians saying, what? What was elephants over there? Like, yeah, look at squirrels. Are you talking about like the little and, like kind of sand colored yeah. squirrels with the smaller tails? So cute. Yeah, yeah. Or the meerkats. Yeah. I, love, I love not meerkats. the meerkats. No, the mongoose. Mongooses. What do you call them? Mongoose. 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 Mongai. Mongooses. Mongoose. <laughs> Wait, this is the big debate of the whole time we we're in Africa. We we're like, what is the plural of a mongoose? We want to know. <laughs> After being in Africa for a bit and seeing big cats, I really wanted to see a cheetah kill something. Like just run. Like, I wanted to see a cheetah run, and I wanted David Attenborough to be like narrating in the background, yeah. like hearing like, the hitting the ground. <laughs> They're amazing. But yeah. they had a couple at the um, lion farm that we were working at, and like some of them were raised from babies. Like mm -hmm. their moms had abandoned them, that kind of thing. Yeah. So they were like super friendly and like yeah. come up and cuddle and we're like this is like a wild animal like, yeah. it was like, they let you brush them and everything it was well they wild. from what i've been told with my friend who worked with cheetahs that she said that they don't kill things that are bigger than them so they're generally mm. not a threat to people as much as like a lion would be yeah and she said the only time because she would sleep with them like they'd have a rotation wow. where you go out and sleep in the cheetah enclosure with them because they get yeah. lonely um, she said the only time you weren't allowed to be around the cheetahs is if you were a girl and you had your period for obvious reasons well, that yeah. they had issues in the past. <gasps> oh dear. <laughs> yeah, terrifying. Um, oh my god. But yeah, no cheetahs are like just the fact that they're the only big cats that purr as well. So cute. And they squeak. They don't even really like. Yeah. They're they let like a squeaking sound out. Like they're so cute. Oh, they're actually so cute. Yeah, I love cheetahs. I feel bad for them. They have a hard time. They do. They have like <laughs> even just their ability to like reproduce is like so difficult. Oh like I think it's like one in every three cheetah cubs survives, and then even then, that one that survives, it's really difficult. And that's like yeah. And then like, half of them like the mom disappears because like that. Yeah, yeah. Which is so fair. I'm like, <sighs> like imagine a human doing that. Like you can like. Just abandon the bed. Like, sorry, just leave you on the middle. I changed desert. my mind. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now I've gone through all this. Um, That's like give you pandas. Note. Pandas are like really known for like a, for not being into having children. I don't know why that is. And then they have like panda surrogates where they what? Yeah, they have. 
it's very common for pandas to reject their babies. And I think they have a theory that because when panda babies are born, they look like little jelly beans. And apparently I think that sometimes pandas don't, they don't bond to that. Like they, oh. they are like, what the fuck is that? Which, which is fair. That's so interesting. Yeah. And so they, they often in zoos will have like a surrogate, panda mother who like they and you'll see it like the there's videos of them taking the baby and then being so like small. what do you think about that and then it'll be like oh okay i'll take it like <laughs> yeah oh my gosh i want to look up videos then so cute yeah it's like so ugly but so small so it's like panda that grows up there. yeah it's like kangaroos i suppose are the same way yeah like they're jelly babies as a jelly bean yeah i love it and the pouch is such a crazy concept. It is a crazy concept. Like, it's weird. Like, why don't they just go to full gestation in the womb? Like, why? Like, are why there? the why this half half? Yeah, like, just either eager or like. Just yeah, I don't know. The pouch also looks really weird too, and you can see them like you know moving their legs around in there. I'm like, yeah, and they're so long. Yeah. Ooh. I love watching the videos of a uh, kangaroos going into like if you put like a. Yeah, and then yeah. you just like hop in. <laughs> so cute. You guys have wallabies here, right? Yeah, they're down there. Yeah, but people have them. Them. Yeah, because they're a pierce. Are they? What do they do? That's pestual. They, they just there's just so many of them, and they're so much okay. better at breeding than like all of our native animals. Uh, do they eat stuff they shouldn't? Yeah, they native bush. Yeah, like they Aww. eat. They compete with the same like food it's like other native birds Aww. were they brought over from Aussie? is that where they came from yeah i think so mm. but i don't know why they put them over but you know they just like bring something over and they're like oh they don't help eradicate idea. this yeah <laughs> and then it just like gets worse and worse yeah and then yeah it's like a hundred years later they're like we might have miscalculated that decision <sighs> that like, we made why do we let the intern make yeah. that decision like with rabbits. I just really don't think it would get this far. Yeah, yeah. I feel, and I even feel bad for possums. It's not their fault that they're, they're horrible. Yeah. <laughs> like, I know. Like, why, like, why is there so many of them to kill? I just like, like yeah. why can't they just die? Why can't they just all die naturally? And then we've got no problem. There's no beef. Yeah. Actually, when I came here for the first time, I didn't know that they were possums. I didn't know what they were because in the States, we don't have possums. We have it looks like opossum, but it's pronounced yeah. possum. And I'm like, why just find right. the O? Just make life easier. And um, when I came here, I kept seeing these dead animals all over the road. And I was like, what are those? Like, what's going on here? And then someone told me, they're like, oh, yeah, people go out of their way when they see a possum to hit it. I was like, well, that explains yeah. a lot then. Yeah. That is so many dead ones. Aww. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. They are terrifying, though. Have you heard them laugh? No, but I had someone imitate one, and oh. he's described it as maniacal. It's like a witch's, like, oh, cackle. Oh, no. Me and my sister camped in the backyard once, and we <laughs> ran inside screaming at 3 a.m. because we, we thought there was a witch outside. Oh. And I was like, nah, see ya, we're out of here. Yeah. And it was just a possum. Yeah, he had told me that the pot he was camping, and the possum was, like, on the end of his hammock and was, like, jumping on it, <gasps> making these, like, noises. It's terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> they are scary. I mean, they and have they're decent teeth. Yeah. yeah, they're decent. I wouldn't want one falling on my head, you know, like, no. no. Oh. Yeah. 
Not They're cute though. I know some people have them as pets, like really bogan people. Yeah. I've met really bogan people imagine. that have told me that when they've gone possum hunting, that they like keep the possum that they kill. Like it's baby. If oh. they find one with it, is it is it called a joey when it's a possum? I don't know. I don't but know. someone actually possum told me baby. something interesting that baby possums only can survive is when they're attached to their mom's nipple. Like once you remove oh. them from the nipple, like they die up to a certain age. And so he said that he killed a possum and noticed that it had a baby. So he like kind of graphic, he like cut the nipple off and then had to feed through like an eyedropper, like food through that the is nipple. Commitment. Yeah, now he still has the possum. It's like his pet now. Yeah. Because well, it's like, the why, only way you can own a possum. Yeah. Why can't all possums just be that like friendly and kind? Domestic. Why why do we have this like Hate, domestic hate, hate society. Yeah. <laughs> like, kind of monkeys. Like, that's not, like, all good anymore. So well, that's how people possible. feel about squirrels in the States. Yeah. And squirrels are actually my favorite animal, it's weirdly huge. enough. And it's kind of the same concept where people consider them to be, like, pests and they kill them and they really don't like them. they're, like, endemic. They're, they're so cute. Like, yeah. they, they do their thing. Like, they serve their purpose in nature. People think they're rats or like, oh, they're rats with bushy tails, which like I get it because they technically are rodents, but they're really, really cute. And I actually, this is so funny. So the only way you can legally own a squirrel is kind of like here where if you rescue it and you have to like have the opportunity of having found like a squirrel's nest that like flew out of a tree during a hurricane. I was at my, uh, my ex's house and we were sitting there and I was like, why is the cat near the chimney? And there's here, you guys, you don't really have chimneys here, do you? No, they got rid of them because they're like bad for the environment. Yeah, fair yeah. enough. <laughs> uh, so they have like a, a, a latch that opens like an area up into the chimney. Yeah. And I was like, the cat is like looking at the latch. Like there's got to be something in the chimney. And then I got close and I heard like this like, like this like little squeaking noise. And... <laughs> I go put the cat away. There's obviously something in there, but I thought it was like, like a bed or, or yeah. bird. And uh, my ex Garrett, he opens up and he, he looks, he goes, Oh my God, it's a squirrel. <laughs> and I start to cry because I'm like, It's a squirrel. <laughs> like, I was like, Oh my God, my time is now. I found a squirrel. And like, oh we open God. this hatch and this little squirrel comes out and it's like, so young that its eyes hadn't even opened oh. and i had a whole photo shoot with the squirrel and i called my mom and the first thing she says is you cannot keep that squirrel she's like and i spent like a half hour on the phone like fighting with her about the squirrel and i luckily knew someone who rescued squirrels and she was like oh you can just pick it up and i picked it up and it just like cuddled with me <gasps> And we need like, to be safe. <laughs> That's a great name. Yeah. Um, and I took like all these photos with the squirrels. Like, yeah, it was just like meant to be. And then she sent me photos of the squirrel and like it got released and its oh. eyes opened. It was so cute. <laughs> I'm glad you got to be part of the process. Yeah. At least, yeah. Rather than just be like, it's like an open adoption for the yeah. squirrel. <laughs> yeah. And like one day you'll be walking through a forest and the squirrel will spot you. It's like the um those two guys and the lion and the squirrel will yeah. come up and you'll be like, oh Christian my gosh. Lion. Yes. Like, that this. video is such a good video. So good. It's, Having a bad day, just watch that. Just watch that video. Yeah, with like, the Aerosmith music in the background. Yeah. It's too much. It's too much. What they were doing. I'm like, yeah. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs>
Do you have any crazy stories from your trip? Anything that sticks sticks Um, out of the mind? I... (laughs) Well, the border was so obscure that I actually crossed it on accident and got chased by the police on their motorcycle. Oh, dear. Basically, like, why? Like, what? You just said, like, a sign. Yeah. Well, it was, like, an open gate. And then there was, like, two. Someone had just, like, they changed lunch bags. Yeah. And they had forgotten to close it. It wasn't, you know, very official looking. And I rode (laughs) through it, and I remember being, like, that's weird. Things look like they're written in Cambodia. And like, did I like cross the border and I had no visa? And then I hear, Hey, you. And there's like three people on motorcycles. Like you have no visa. And you're like, I don't, I was like, (laughs) I'm aware of this. (laughs) So I was like, I was like, fuck, they're definitely going to like try and extort money out of me now because why wouldn't they? They have like the perfect opportunity. And um, they didn't, luckily, but I had to go back. And, um, yeah, then they just wrote me my visa and let me leave. But, oh, thank God. Yeah, thank God. Because that, I could have, like, I think about it now, and I'm like, I could have gotten in trouble when I tried to leave. They're like, you've been yeah. here for, like, three weeks, and you have no visa. Go to jail or pay us a bunch of money. Honestly. <laughs> like, yeah, so probably that. Yeah. yeah, and the couple of accidents that I got into as well. Oh, no. No, they're just funny. You know, like, they, I was like, <laughs> they were, they, the way I actually learned, because I had no experience on a motorcycle ever, mm. I actually, when I was in Myanmar before that, had the e-bikes. In they're so Oregon. fun. So fun. S- literally, yeah. like, best three days of my life, just, like, coming around. Oh, going on the temples was, like, everywhere. the best. Yeah. I loved it. Um, well, the e-bike, the first time I went on it, revved it too hard, went into a bush with it, and some locals had to, like, help me. And I was, like, it was just, like, an e-bike. And then I graduated yeah. into a scooter mm-hmm. when I was in Thailand. Nice. And then someone had mentioned riding a motorcycle across Vietnam. And I was, like, that sounds really dangerous. But then I was, like, but also sounds kind of cool mm. and so I went to I decided I was going to do it and I'm just the type of person where like if I say I'm going to do something I do it and so I found like some local guy and I was like can you teach me like how to ride like a manual bike because I don't even know how to drive a manual car like I'm unfamiliar yeah. with the whole concept and it's very different it's so different at least you asked someone and you didn't just like YouTube it, it. I did YouTube it I did but you also yeah. Got someone's physical help. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, but YouTube actually was super helpful because there was kind of a language barrier. And I think so true. he had a hard time not realizing that I didn't understand what how manual engine worked. So it was hard for him to get that I didn't get the gears. <laughs> it, is a, it is a very hard thing to explain with language barrier. Exactly. So pretty much his method of teaching me was he put me on an actually kind of a nice bike, like a Honda XR. It's like a 300cc bike. And he pretty much showed me the very small basics in a square and Hanoi. And then he was like, oh, just follow me. And then he's like, see you later. And he like left me in this square in Hanoi in these really busy streets. <laughs> and he drove away. And I was like, Frank, Frank, like, you know, I've got your bike. Where like, are you going? Yeah. Where do, what do I do? And 
he left me there for like the better part of like an hour, like riding through Hanoi and like, oh my God, I was like stalling out every second in like the middle of these like roads. Like and where everyone's so narrow. Yeah. And everyone's uh. going like in a four way, whatever, just a, like where you're just pray to God that you go through this intersection. No one hits you. And all the Vietnamese people were laughing at me because my bike would stall out. I was like, I'm sorry. Like, and I was having like the worst anxiety, like trying to get my bike to start and they'd be, I'd just be in the way. And then I, I got, I had that bike for a little bit because he wanted me to learn how to ride in Hanoi because his, and I guess it makes sense is that his logic was if you can ride in Hanoi and not die here, you'll be fine on the country roads, which so is true. totally true. Mm-hmm. And the two places that I did get in an accident were in Hanoi. I actually got into three accidents. And the first, the first one that happened, which was like kind of the funny one, I um, I don't know what happened. I just freaked out because someone stopped suddenly in front of me because mm. that's what people do. They don't, they're like, I'm stopping now. Good luck to everybody else yeah. that's behind me. Don't know. Yeah. And, um, I hit the brake too hard and I like went over my handlebars and like, luckily oh, I'm right. smart and I had like a jacket on and a helmet and like, you know, I was fine, but like my shoe flew off <laughs> and I was like, lying so there. Like- yeah, 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 like totally just like, I was like lying there and I was like, am I in the road? <laughs> Where is my shoe? <laughs> and this like Vietnamese guy like picked me up and like put my shoe back on and like helped me like pick up my bike because the bike was so heavy. It was actually kind of embarrassing that if I dropped it, I wasn't strong enough to get it back up. Um, I needed assistance. Um, so good times. Um, but yeah, and then I crashed my bike on the way out of Hanoi. But I was able to jump off the bike before crashing it. That sounds like, yeah, it's pretty skilled. It's skilled, yeah. yeah. Definitely twisted my ankle. And then the third time. Even then, like being pinned underneath the bike. Exactly. But you could have you twisted, you could have twisted your ankle then anyway. Yeah, you just jump off. I'm like, I see where this is going and I'm going to get off now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then the third time I was on, do you know what the high van pass is? Have you heard of it? It's like the infamous part of the motorbike route. It's in Southern. I think it's near, what is that beach town in Southern Vietnam? Tram, is that it? I don't know, to be honest. Um, But I was on that and it's this beautiful, I think it's like a 25K and like mountain pass road. Is it the one with the sand dunes as well? It might be. It's like halfway between like Hanoi and Ho Chi Minh City. Um, yeah, so I was on that and I was going up and I didn't switch gears quick enough. Oh no. And the bike stalled out when I was on a hill. And oh, no. I was just on my tippy toes and I had taken a GoPro. I had my GoPro footage <laughs> on and all of a sudden you just hear, oh fuck. And I was like, oh my gosh, trying to like restart the bike, but I was like not able to like do it. And I had to just jump off the bike and like burned my leg on the exhaust and just watch the bike like roll down this hill. And these oh. people, these like these three guys were like, oh, like be careful when you're going down that you don't, don't go too fast. I was like, right. Like I was actually going up. It was just a stupid mistake, but yeah. Honestly, at least you didn't go down the hill with the bike. 
yeah that's just, true it just no. went and you watched it was more embarrassing than anything yeah, yeah. like why are there always people around like in the middle of nowhere but there's yeah. always people there to watch yeah, it's not always when you fall that there are people around. Yeah, <laughs> like, you're like comforting, but so embarrassing. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> definitely. I'm like, actually, I prefer when I fall that people don't help me. I'm like, just yeah. keep walking. You're like, my pride's <laughs> too big. Please leave me alone. <laughs> yeah, look away. <laughs> of your whole trip, what was your biggest highlight? Um, let me think. I guess, like, actually being on parts of the Ho Chi Minh Road were, like, it was really amazing to think about the history because it's actually, the other term of it is called, like, it's called, like, Blood Road. Yeah. And there are some areas of it that you're, there's still landmines in, like, some of those forest areas. And it was some of, like, forests that I've never seen before, which was really indicative when you hear about or, like, read about, um, the Vietnam War, how they talked about how they had no idea what the fuck they were doing in that terrain. And like the people who lived there really knew it really well. Yeah. Um, it was just so like thick and beautiful and like tropical, but in a different tropical way. It wasn't tropical like in South America or in like the Bahamas. It was like a different type of jungle. Mm. And it was like, you know, there was like the fog everywhere and there was no one around. And it was just really, really, really cool to think of like the history of where I was and that not that many people come here and the people who were here before like the experiences that they had in the lives that they lived yeah so yeah probably that and I also felt really accomplished being able to take off like yeah like yeah I finally did, <laughs> I did it, it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh absolutely I don't think I could the five days was definitely enough for me I was like maybe I could do like the eight day yeah I don't know if I could do the whole four weeks yeah yeah it was like that's amazing yeah it was a long very long day like my ass really really hurt at the end of that yeah. trip because I'd sometimes I think the my longest days were like 10 hours on a motorcycle and you're just so shattered from having to pay attention to like what's going on around you yeah um but it really yeah it was really worth it and I definitely absolutely just like yeah felt very like empowered because it was like all oh, I did it on my own like I didn't see like any other women doing it. Like whenever I yeah. saw other people doing it, it was usually like men and they were like in their groups and yeah, I was just by myself. <laughs> so true. No, I love it so much. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah, it was great. Would you, would you go back to that area of the world again? Yeah, definitely. I think that I, in terms of the traveling that I want to continue doing, I really would like to go, to places that I haven't been and then like revisit some other places because I'm just like so thirsty to see places that I like haven't been to but there are some places that I've like gone back to on like multiple yeah. occasions but for like a different type of experience yeah like not for the same yeah like I go yeah. I've gone back to Japan like a couple of times because I just love Japan but um oh, Japan's amazing yeah I'm just absolutely just like total slut for Japan so I'll go back over <laughs> and over again it's like it's so good yeah it's a toxic relationship and I come back for more yeah like, it's fine <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah I'd like to go back to Vietnam and maybe do a little bit more of like the upper north like there is it's a motor incredible. what's the what's the name of that it's the hajang loop yeah that's it it's It's super dangerous yeah um i've heard about it from some people who said that it's like not a beginner no 
route because of yeah. how dangerous it is and a lot of people die on it. Absolutely. Um, so and the weather was just not great when I was no. there to do it. So I was like, I'll do this so first, true. and then I'll go back and I'll do that. But I yeah. heard that it was it's unreal. It's so worth going back to do it. Like, yeah. As I said, like, I almost didn't do it because I was like, oh, I just – because I've, I've ridden motorbikes before, but I was like, I just don't think that if I'm, like, a little bit sick, I don't trust myself to yeah. be that attentive. And it was just me and our guide and this other girl, and she drove – motorbikes like in Germany like on yeah. the autobahn and stuff so I was like cool we're yeah. sweet so we were with people that knew what they were doing yeah and we saw so many groups of people I was like oh. like some like half of them definitely knew what they were doing you could just see how they like interacted with the bike and then the other half really didn't I was like yeah oh. but fuck the I think it's one of the most beautiful places I've ever been it's just it's just so vast and so huge like it's hard to comprehend like yeah. looking down in these big valleys but it's yeah the switchbacks I mean I've seen mm. I did a bit of up north and it starts with an s what is it called is it like Sapporo or something no that's Sapa Sapa yeah yeah so I did part yeah. of Sapa which was really amazing but it's um, beautiful like yeah it's like when you're descending through like the switchbacks and like the carved mountains like the views that you get are just and it's so green and so beautiful so green yeah yeah you get up to the border like the this one part you get up and you're like literally the top of the hill was like the border with china Mm -hmm. yeah yeah and that part of china is beautiful too because i've been to that part of china that the the province that um borders vietnam and it's they have these really amazing rice terraces that are like hundreds of years old that they're wow. carved into the mountain so they're not just like in a flat they're like and they like kind of snake around the mountain and they're filled with water and like they're gorgeous like I took a third sorry a 16 hour train ride from Beijing there just to see those rice terraces <laughs> like honestly like the, the trips that you take like <laughs> my dad's really into caves and we took oh, literally caves. a nine hour it was like nine hours one way to see these caves so like literally got there where they had lunch long? yeah like the Fung Na caves yep yeah Bigger, cool uh, caves. biggest or long I don't know he was very excited yeah and then like nine hours back yeah and he was absolutely fizzing has he been fizzing about the cave that they discovered in that area that's not open to people have you heard about it no it's the know. largest cave I think in the world and it's like the size of Manhattan apparently what and they discovered it in that area but it's not open to people I think you have to pay like three thousand dollars and have a very special like permit to go into it yeah um but apparently it's like a city in there it's amazing oh here we're going back yeah <laughs> well if he ever goes to Belize there's this cave called the ATM cave you know, Ooh. has he mentioned that to you? No, he hasn't. Well, it's a really cool cave. Um, it's actually, I think Nat Geo listed it as one of, like, the best, coolest, like, cultural caves that you can go to. And I'm actually really claustrophobic, but going to caves anyways. <laughs> yeah, like, feel the theater anyway. Yeah, yeah, I was like, like, I'll just do it anyways. And we were in Belize, and it took a little convincing. This is when I kind of first started traveling to get me to go into the cave. Yeah. Because I was like, nah. So you have to swim across two rivers to get to the cave and then when you get to the opening of the cave it is exactly what you'd imagine a horror movie is like because it's just this dark opening and it's water and you have to wade in like 
dark water for a long time until you get to like the opening of the cave and throughout the whole cave there are areas that you have to like hold your breath to swim under something to get to the other side and it's pitch black no and you have to squeeze through things where like you have to hold your breath to be able to fit through cracks and once you finally get into the main opening of the cave it's called like an open museum because it's has the remnants of all the victims that the Aztecs sacrificed there and they've been their bones have been perfectly preserved um in the darkness and in the limestone and so the end of the cave has this very famous um skeleton called I think it's like she's called like the crystal princess or something but She's like this perfectly preserved skeleton that's all kind of crystallized. And sh- they said that she was like 16 or something when she was sacrificed. And you can see where they had like cut into wow. her like shoulder blade. But there's like pots and pans and like skeletons and all this <laughs> stuff just in there. And it was the coolest thing ever, but it was also terrifying. <laughs> so, yeah, all it up, a great experience. Yeah. But- yeah, wow. it was really cool. Unfortunately, we couldn't bring cameras in there because they used to allow them. And then mm. someone has to ruin it for everyone. But a woman oh, dropped yeah. her camera on a skull Oof. and like damaged the skull. Um, but yeah, no, the guy mm. had like he had to carry a machete with him because he said that pit vipers like to live in the cave. So uh, <laughs> so you've got like you've got cave, you've got claustrophobia and then Snakes. skeletons. And dark water. <laughs> yeah. But it was all But he knew all, what he was doing. He had the machine. You're fine. He knew what he was doing. Yeah. yeah. He was like, don't worry. I got it. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was so cool. But like, if you guys ever want, if your dad ever wants to go to a cool cave, that's definitely the coolest cave I feel cave like it's that I've been like in. really up his alley. Yeah. And it was really easily accessible in Belize. It's not like you had to take like a thousand buses to get to it. You just <laughs> go into the jungle, essentially. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Well, thanks so much for being on the pod. I've, the tangents have been amazing <laughs> as well. I absolutely love it. Yes, me too. But yeah, so good to hear about your trip thanks. to that part of the world and yeah. in such depth. Thanks for having me. <laughs> My pleasure. Cheers. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to another week of the podcast. I really appreciate you listening and hope you enjoyed it. If you feel the need, you can leave a cheeky review on Apple Podcasts. And if, as always, if you'd like to join on an episode, message me on Instagram or you can send me an email on courtneyreed.og at gmail.com. Thanks.